The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. One last hurrah from Ireland in Dublin. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. Great to be with you on a Monday with Hale Varsity Radio. You can find us and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence on Twitter and at H Varsity Radio. Plenty to get to. Charlie McBride can't wait to hear what Coach McBride has to say about Saturday and then moving forward in one hour. The rest of the time is yours. You can join us, can dial us up, can email. Plenty of emails and tweets we need to get into that have been uh, coming in, Mark, since Saturday, since we did our Real Red Reaction show. And uh, want to hear from you. And uh, have you had time to digest, time to calm down? Or has the, the heat intensified for you? As a Nebraska fan, uh, can uh, send the emails as well to Chris at HaleVarsity.com. But, Mark, it's been it's been an adventure today. Yesterday, we had beers in a lighthouse that was built in 1817. Mm-hmm. Today, we went across the country from the East Coast to the West Coast where there's mountains and the, the name of the town. Clifton. Clifton, Ireland. Yeah. Uh, nestled in between mountains, and you got to go on the beach. I was doing KFOR this morning from yeah. a pub. Yeah. So good, good on you. You had some uh, some fresh seafood again. I'm now officially an oyster expert. <laughs> I've never had oysters before. So there's been some good on this trip. Lots of good, amazing people. Great Nebraska fans made their way out. But it is kind of a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Of course. With the way this ball game shook down for Nebraska, 31-28. Elijah, how are you hanging? Did you walk it off on Sunday? You ready to go today? Uh, For the most part, yeah. I've, uh, I've been able to to have conversations with some different people, get some different insight. i got to rewatch the game, at least uh, as much of it as I could, just to, to – to see things there's I mean you hear the coaches say it after uh after the games or oh it's never as good as you think it's never as bad as you think until you go back and watch it again and you can uh see things in a different light it's not happening uh in front of you like watching the result of the play you can watch for some different things and I've gotten to see some different things that I didn't get to see live on Saturday and I've uh calm myself down is not the right way to put it but just be able to be a, a little bit more rational with my thought and see it as a as just the game of football that it was uh simplified a little bit and been able to, to to come to some different conclusions than I had on Saturday. Some of the same conclusions, but some different conclusions. I'm excited to get into all those things today. But first, really fast, guys, just for the, the people listening here in Nebraska, what time is it in Ireland with with the time change? It's just after 10? We, yeah. It's, yeah. It, we, so we're pulling at 10 to midnight. We fly out tomorrow at noon. Yeah. 
Yep. So ten to midnight tonight. Yep. So yep. we're 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 doing the full meal deal today. Yep. I am still not over the time change, but I've had a great time, man. I've had a lot of fun. I'm gonna. We're gonna buy a place here. <laughs> I mean, that's the Apparently, idea. We're gonna right chip now. in and hey, for, and for all the talk about that, about you know, is this a good idea? This makes no sense on week zero. Great experience for anybody that came out here. Free beer for a right? while. Yeah, I mean, look, listen <laughs> and think about that for a second. The country, the the uh, stadium is like, well, we can't take payment, so I guess it's free. Like, what? <laughs> Who does that? Giant <laughs> so be- a giant beer it snake was, later. I mean, so, uh, you fan. needed every drop of it too. Look, great experience for everybody involved. And it look, the, the same things are just kind of rearing their head a little bit, right? Well, maybe some different things, but um, God, in terms of the performance, mm-hmm. you know, there there's a couple there are a couple things, and I don't know what to make of this. I'm I'm actually gonna watch next week a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. These are just little things, you know, as you kind of you go and sit in the stadium, you're shooting different you know, video of uh, on your phone, right? You're, you're shooting video of the team warming Old up habit and all for that. You. Man, there, I, I saw this capture. Uh, the guy we were with, Ted, actually captured it mm-hmm. on his video of the team warming up. You know how the teams line up? You know, you get in your, your kind of groups. You do like the high knees. You do like the karaoke. You do the bear do crawl the bear stuff. Crawl. Right. You know, and usually I, I would think, I haven't watched this closely too often, um, but it, f- just from recollection of watching teams do that, usually it's somewhat uniform and together, right? It's sort of like the first group goes, and when they get to the five, then the next group goes, and it's just like this continuous movement, and everybody's kind of in sync. There's some synchronicity to the whole thing. Uh, that was not the case with Nebraska's warm-ups at fire all. Fire drill? Did it look like it, a fire drill? It looks so unbelievably sloppy. Again, this might be nothing. Maybe they've been doing this for years, but it did not not look like a team that was together. Did not look like a team that was on the same page. Looks like a bunch of dudes doing their own thing. Just based on warm-ups? Just in hindsight, of course. Mm-hmm. But it was really striking when you looked at it, and you're just like, doesn't that usually look like everybody's kind of going at the same pace and same speed? This is just a free-for-all. Some guys are doing like five reps – between the two yards, some guys are doing two. You're just like, oh, it, it, there's something about it, again, in hindsight, um, that bears a little bit more <laughs> looking into. I'm going to watch watch a little closer for can that I, next game and see if there's similar. Can I pose a question to you guys? I've been wanting to ask this to somebody who's in the stadium and watch the warm-ups. What was the energy level like during warm-ups? Because we all saw that video of, of Garrett Nelson uh, – pretty much going crazy in there, kind of trying, trying to motivate the team and get them ready to go before sure. kickoff. And what I saw was I saw a defense that looked tired after the first three possessions of the game, really lost their juice, uh, and an offense that, that really started to fade towards the end of the game. And my question was, and I was waiting to ask you guys, was was this a team that was really amped up through warm-ups and maybe uh, was, was tired by the time the second half rolled around? Because uh, – Northwestern ran 85 offensive plays. We could all see the defense getting tired, but I was just wondering, was this a team that, that used up too much energy through their pregame warm-ups? And I haven't gotten the chance to talk to somebody who's actually there and got to see the warm-ups and got to see what pregame looked like. They looked normal, aside from a little out of line, like you're yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. They looked normal. Okay. But I, as we all kind of had our ears to the ground before kickoff, with the pregame show, I mean, you would – and this is not an excuse. It's it's a fair question. How much was there any illness that went through the team? 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and and listen, I'm I'm still dragging butt over here, but I'm an old man. I'm not 22, <laughs> 23 years old. I mean, it is a shock to the system, but you get over here, right? Early enough, you're supposed to adapt and adjust to it. Numbers to get in can join us here at four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five. Five eight six five. A thought on Saturday's loss. It, in most categories, was a monster coin flip game. Okay, it was a coin flip game, even though Nebraska is favored by double digits. It's going right. to go one way or the other. It'll set the tone, positively or negatively, for Nebraska football. So, my question is this: Has, has Saturday's result shifted your take on the season? Are you out on? still going to a bowl game. Are you out on this team being able to get better and improve? I mean, listen, there, there's plenty of season left. We're going to get into some of the positives because you can't just crucify for two hours. There are some things that I like about the, the, the football team. There are some things that I think can work as they get better. Yeah. But I'm not th- – this was big. This was big. And the other part of it is – uh, has your outlook changed because of the loss? One, two, from a physicality standpoint, c- can that can that get better? I mean, you've got certain personnel, and is as nice as Northwestern's left tackle is, mm-hmm. is it going to be a long day? A lot of Saturdays against other Big Ten teams. Is Wisconsin going to run for three hundred and fifty yards? <laughs> right, with Minnesota, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Iowa. I mean, they they beat the hell out of you because they're good at it, and that's what they've done for years. Is there any hope uh, that Nebraska will, can can be and match physicality in the league? So those are the two questions I have. I will be honest. My my outlook has changed. Mm-hmm. I thought if they got Saturday done, that are they going to, to Indy? Probably not. Are they bowl eligible? They needed this one. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm right on the fence with whether they are eligible or not. And I'm right on the fence right now, quite honestly, if if the headman survives past October first, because how did they respond to this? Yeah. It makes it makes Oklahoma not negotiable <laughs> I, well, right. versus, versus a measuring stick. You, when you look on the field, especially defensively, I think there is some concern coming in is, you know, Nebraska fielded their best defensive unit last year, but they did so with a lot of fifth, six-year players. With COVID, with the extra year that people got, I mean, you had the benefit of a JoJo Doman who knew the defense Cam inside Taylor and out, yeah. and he's about to make an NFL roster. You know, you had Cam Taylor Britt. He's going to be – if he's not starting, it'll be close in Cincinnati. Um, ben Stilley is is making noise mm-hmm. um, as, a def- as a defensive some lineman. Experience right. Uh, Damian Daniels was a fourth-year guy. He's, he got cut recently. But I, you just had a Markel Dismuke, right? You, you just kind of go down the list. Um Deontay Williams at safety. You had so many veteran dudes that just got it. They understood the entire defense. There was nothing that surprised them. They didn't bust. I mean, that, that, if say whatever you want about that team last year, they generally did not bust. If you scored on them, you pretty much had to earn it on a drive or on a short field, something like that. So you did wonder with those guys now out. I know we'd all talk like, well, Chin Andrews got a great culture over there and he's got a good defense. And, I still think he does. He probably a good does. Culture. He, he probably does. But 
you lose that level of seniority, you, le you lose that level of experience, you would probably expect a drop off, mm -hmm. right? Then on top of that, you have Northwestern where Pat Fitzgerald's teams, um, they just follow a pretty simple pattern of bad one year, good the next, bad one year, good the next, bad, this is their good year, right? It's like mm -hmm. they're bad last year, they're good this year. That's That's been his pattern the whole time. But I think more concerning than that is what you heard after the game mm. from the head coach. There is clear disconnect, miscommunication, trust issues, strife, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, between him and the offensive coordinator. That's pretty obvious, right? Like, after the game, he's saying we can cooperate a little better. What do, you, what do you mean? You guys, you're not co cooperate. Here's what I here's what I think it means. Uh, you may be the head coach, but you go stand over there, and I'm the offensive coordinator. Let me put a game plan together. I think there's that too many cooks in the kitchen crap going on, and everyone wants to add a little salt, pepper, and oregano out of the dish. And then we have to get more creative. I'll tell you the last thing I thought, and I think the last thing most fans thought when they left the, the stadium. No, nobody was walking out being like, "Well, if they were just a little more creative offensively, you sexy enough, Cranach, like you didn't look good enough." Like that's your takeaway? Well, I, I, I think they weren't creative enough on offense. Reading between the lines, there, I think he's saying they weren't creative enough given the problems that there are within this team. And the number one problem I see is that you don't have an offensive line that is Big Ten ready. Uh, hmm. You have to be more creative Fair. to scheme around he's the fact that your your offensive back. line is not going to be able to go three yards in a cloud of dust. What, so is. You had mentioned, Elijah, that you were re-watching the game some. Mm -hmm. And so as you were re-watching it and you watched the offensive line in particular, is that was that your kind of biggest takeaway after watching them? My, my biggest takeaway was there was problems with the offensive line last season. And watching that again, the offensive line did not look any better than last season. They were able to protect the quarterback somewhat. I think that was more Casey having good pocket better. presence and, and being able to to fire on time and not be worried about what was what was coming his way. He, he didn't look like he was flustered inside the pocket. I think that helped. But the running game was not a step up. And I, I really don't think the pass protection was much of a step up at all if there was even there i mean like the offensive line was what what really hamstrung this offense in the second half uh, it was the fact that they could not consistently get a push and northwesterners made it a scrum inside every single rushing down and nebraska was either unwilling or unable to go outside and when northwestern mucked it up inside like that there, there was really no running room for anthony grant and the offensive line wasn't able to just get that continuous push to be able to get the, the defensive line three or four yards in the defensive backfield which is what northwestern could do just about every single play northwestern had good double teams Nebraska couldn't get any movement even on their double teams, and that's that's a cardinal sin in offensive line play. If, if you have two on one, you should be getting movement. That's the, the other disconcerting thing here is so maybe there's some lack of respect happening between the head coach and the offensive coordinator, but then you look at Northwestern, who's generally a classy program, I think you could describe them as, right? They take the high road. Usually. But they, they, were, they were good on Twitter. Twice trolling the heck out of Scott. Fr like, no respect whatsoever. Offensive line coach saying, huh, to think we only puked three or four times this fall or in fall practice. Direct shot at, at Frost's mm -hmm. comment about his offensive line puking 15 times every practice. And then Pat Fitzgerald, you know, saying to uh, saying to his group of supporters that this was a culture win. Right. Like there was only one team on that field that had a has a championship culture. And that's the team that won. <laughs> and it's just like, wow. And so people are just taking shots at at Frost left and right, and uh, 
I don't see that stopping. I don't see that stopping after this Saturday. I don't think his peers in the Big Ten can take him, to be quite frank with you. I'm going to tolerate him. Yeah. But too many times he stuck his foot in his mouth. And until he starts winning on the field, they're going to continue to to have their little – Response. Oh, it's tiring though, isn't it? We have a. Uh, we have. Do you guys want to go through another coaching change? Like, like no, seriously, I, I, I don't. But I don't. I mean, like, this, please, this is on. this is not good. No, clearly. no. I mean, it's not working. It's not. No, fixed no. Right well, no. As, of, as of right now, there's still 11 games. Can I say before we get out, it's about time for us to take a break. We have a comment in from Vic, and I, I think he really gives my thoughts pretty well is I, I hope they can recover from this i think this team can recover from this but can frost whenever the, the other big 10 coaches have no respect for coach frost i think maybe husker fans should take notice and, and ask themselves why don't they have that respect for coach frost what's there that they're seeing well it's uh, foot and mouth it's cockiness and it's zero results on the field in four plus years mark Crane, Crane, and chris Schmitt, other than that <laughs> things are great here in ireland <laughs> Uh, one more day. Your thoughts at four six six three seven seven six. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce: ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com/slash/subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Phones uh, this hour and most of next. Welcome to Chime In at 466-377-6800. 825-5865, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, uh, working the 10 o'clock hour, the late shift. That's right. In, in Ireland, uh, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, geared up. We have coffee and other things to sip on here as we get into a, uh, a therapy Monday. Now, there's been a lot of these lately. There's been five. <laughs> there's been there's been 15 years of them. Uh, yeah. We did get a report. From uh, Husker fans we met at the Mary Cobbler, yeah. they stopped, and a lot of Nebraska fans on their way out of Dublin stopped to get pictures and, and take some shots of the, the beautiful countryside. We'll get yeah. to Todd's non-endearing email, but I think Todd was here on Shorely 15 years ago, so that may have something to do with it, if memory serves. But got an update here from... Uh, from a friend of the show regarding Henrich, because he's taken about four billion arrows here since Saturday. Yeah, there, you know, problems with some missed tackles with Henrich, but forty percent of his tackles were missed. Oof, according to those, yeah. Well, some talk. Now we know why. Some talk that he will be having uh, surgery on his hand coming up here, so he could have been playing injured. That and busted hand. There was a there was a play where he, it, it was like a scrum inside. I think it was like a, a third and one type play. Uh, where he ended up laying on the ground, and I thought he was reaching towards his shoulder, but may have been something with the hand trying to keep it protected, where yeah. laid on the ground yeah. for an extra second after the play, and I said, uh, something's going on with him right there, and I don't think I saw him the rest of the game after that. So uh, I was also wondering if, if injury was a concern. Ernest Houseman had to yeah. come in and do what he could, but that would be a, a big loss for this Husker team, and it kind of makes you wonder, why was their number three linebacker from last year, Chris Kolarovic, moved to, to nickel, a spot that... 
he flashed one or two times during the game, but missed a lot of tackles in that spot. And, and you wonder if you know, he's going to be moved back. Well, right. You move him back. You have you have Gifford that I thought played pretty well. well one of the two and guys then, in the defense, in my opinion, that had a good game were Gifford and uh, Luke Reimer were the only two guys I thought yeah. that had good days. No, I think yeah. you're right. And then the other part of it, too, is I love Ernest Houseman. I think he's physical. I think he's ahead of the curve uh, physically for being an 18-year-old, but that's a tough ask mm-hmm. to bring him in oh, right. with Northwestern's coverage. Because what Northwestern do on every third down? They found a way to get their running back the football in space. They'd either run it, run it on, on a passing down, or they would get the running back linebacker matchup. Yeah. And and. They'd be content to punt it. Todd emails in, why the hell are you still over in that hellhole country? <laughs> and don't you kind of wish uh, Bielema was here in year five? You know, the pig farmer um, has done well. I think he Where did, does Todd live? I think Todd's in Council Bluffs. Okay. You going to comment on? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I am not going to say a word about no. C bluff either. Although uh, a lot of times we're play, we we played state baseball. I don't know why he hates Ireland. 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 Well, he was there on he was here on shore leave. Okay, fifteen years ago. He's okay. in the navy. It's gotten better. I love Ireland. Yeah. I mean, we're going to buy a place here. I, that's the idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Shane from Columbus emails in Chris at HaleVarsity Sorry, you guys have to deal with this bleep again. Um, another tough season. Hope you're having fun in Ireland. Uh, Shane, thanks for the well wishes uh, from Columbus. More email. This is from Joe. Joe, hope you're having a good trip to Ireland. Hope you have a good flight home. I'm guessing the game put a damper on the mood. Hate to be the doom and gloom guy, but here I go. One question I had throughout this offseason, why were people, why people felt any sense of optimism about this year? Why do they see uh, seem to to think that essentially identity of this team is gonna, is changed? I get that there's a lot of new faces. I get there's new coaches, but to be able to to flip it just like that isn't necessarily true. That's the first part of the email. It's okay to be optimistic when you make changes and there's new. At least there was some willingness to quit doing what got you to three and nine. But now you're you're the world record holder for most consecutive one score losses right. at, at seven. It, it's still painful. It's well, still problematic. And and this this one's, you know, when we talk about optimism and, and did this did this result switch your outlook on the season? Yes, for me. The the, the hardest part here is in, in all these one score games Nebraska lost last year. Okay. They were always trailing. They never had the lead. They, they didn't. They didn't have the lead in the majority of them. They're right. always trying to play catch up or get even. Except for Iowa. Except, yeah, yeah Iowa's yeah. the big – yeah, okay, yep. thank yep. you for that. But no, but for, you're right, though. The, the, they're the always games. trying to get even and and stay stay in it, right? Well, Nebraska had the lead twice. They had the lead twice on a team that just rolled their sleeves up, ran it 15 consecutive times, beat the hell out of you. And, and I guess another part I don't get is I have no problem with, with going with who you think can help you win, but you saw different faces 
from the receiving core. Yeah. You weren't going to win the football game running running it. You just weren't, okay? You, no. you had one big run, and that was it. You're getting no push from your offensive line. You were doing an okay job of protecting Thompson, much better than last year, Yeah. right? And and what happens? You, you had six drops. Yeah. I mean, at the, least the receiving core needs to be put on notice for their game one and week one performance. Not everyone, but as a group, they were problematic. Well, I, 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 checked, I checked the stats. Six drops from four guys. Uh, the, the stats came out to three from Trey Palmer, one from Lever, which is yeah. a big one from Lever, uh, one from Borkercher, and I believe one from Oliver Martin. Those are your six and two, drops. And, 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 and a couple of those picks were, were, were bad throws. I mean, it was it was the old Jim Carrey moment where he wound up with a fastball, <laughs> right. Lauren Holly and Dumb and Dumb, two feet away. <laughs> but still catchable. Between the eyes. But still catchable. Not, still not great catchable. location, but still catchable. <laughs> in self-defense. I mean, somewhat catchable. Yeah. Look, Trey Palmer in particular, that, that was a concern from from what you'd seen with his LSU highlights. Is He's not really a hands catcher. Mm-hmm. He just isn't. Like, he catches a lot of stuff in his body. He's super fast, gets open. Um, but he didn't seem like he was a you know surefire hands kind of a guy, so that that was a bit of a concern. I'll tell you to go back to the email though about what made me optimistic about this year or what made you optimistic. Just the law of averages, probability. I mean, the fact when you when you lose that many one score games, you're like it has to turn around. Like mathematically, like the probability of of these not all of a sudden bouncing Nebraska's way in some way, shape, or form at some point. I mean, the the percentages keep going that direction <laughs> with every single one score loss. Like it's got to turn around at some point, right? That that was my main optimism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on top of the fact that you know you you are yeah, you, you, you did assemble a competent coaches, right? You, you assembled a competent coaching staff who has very recent records of success. So that would stand a reason. Well, and then and- you get you get a nice influx of talent that's also gotten it done at the Division One level. Mm-hmm. So you combine all that, and you're just like, hey. You know, th- this this could work out okay. I, I wasn't thinking Indy to your point, but no, yeah, but was seven, not thinking seven three, or eight. No, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough. Was not thinking a three point loss in Dublin to start the year though. Well, I, the the optimism came from the fact that the, the coaching staff had their work cut out for them this offseason. You knew what you had to fix. You, what you had to fix was you had to find an offensive line. You had to get them to a point where they looked more like a, a Big Ten offensive line and less like a Big Twelve offensive line. Uh, you needed to find a quarterback that didn't turn the ball over. Adrian Martinez, his problem last year was never moving the football. It was it was turnovers and poor decisions. You just need a quarterback that was able to to keep your offense on the field and not set up the other team with good field position. And you needed no regression from your defense. If you could have done those three things, Nebraska would have been fine this year. It was a short list of things they had to fix, but I saw an offensive line that was no better than last season. I saw a quarterback that was no better than last season. Uh, and I saw a defense that regressed. And on top of that, the, the, the coaching gaps were still there. So with all those things combined, there was reason for optimism. But when you combine those things, it's a losing formula. And from what I saw Saturday, I saw a four and eight football team out there playing Northwestern. You're right. Right now, snapshot week one, they're four and eight. Now, I didn't see bad coaching. I didn't see execution from the offensive line, but I saw better protection. Uh, I didn't see horrible breakdowns uh, from from what they were probably asked to do, but I didn't see good execution with guys taking on blocks and being in the right gap. Okay, And you had a couple of busts in the secondary with new people. But you have to expect that to happen. Northwestern, I mean, they gave Nebraska a couple of extra cranks with some penalties, right? Nebraska didn't have a penalty. 
Nebraska was averaging about 50 yards a boot, which is nice. Email in from Kent. Can Nebraska quit practicing two-hand touch uh, for tackling altogether? So, yeah, I mean, Nebraska just <laughs> – Whatever it takes to tackle in a game, I, I don't know what that looks like. I know mm-hmm. a lot of programs back it off, mm-hmm. and they don't go – they don't tackle to the ground too often. Um, but It doesn't look like they tackle okay. to the ground at all. Yeah, it's – you know. I'll bring one thing up here. I think the tackling looked a lot worse defensively because of some really, really poor angles that guys were taking. Nick Henrich took some poor angles on Saturday. Marquise Buford took some really safeties. bad angles on Saturday. Both the safeties. Uh, or I guess you could even say all three because Omar Brown got some play time. I saw a ton of terrible, terrible angles from those safeties. I, I can think of three bad angles off the top of my head from Marquise Buford that led to, to uh, plays that should have been four or five-yard gains into 15-yard gains. And I don't want to single him out because he wasn't the only guy, but he's the guy that stands out in my memory of, of being guys where I was like watching the TV, and as the play was happening, I went, that's a terrible angle. And, and I think that, it- that the tackling looked worse because of some bad angles. Um, where what once they finally did get to a point, I only saw a couple guys get trucked, which isn't good, but it does happen in a football game. Once they got a, a hat on a hat and, and they made it to the point of wrapping up, I think they did pretty well getting guys to the ground. It was just they were in bad angles and, and they were taking bad angles trying to get these guys to the ground. When, when when you say bad angles, are you talking they were misjudging and basically going too shallow? Yes, almost like they were surprised by the speed of Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Like they is that sort of what you mean? Like they or, hadn't adjusted to game speed. Yeah, or, and so or, they or were conversely, going too shallow and people were, okay g- going too directly towards a guy, which is what you're saying, too shallow. Going too directly, yeah. saying I'm going to stop this thing for four yards instead of cutting your losses and saying, all right, it's going to be an eight yard gain. I'm going to take the good angle. I'm going to stay in front of the guy and I'm going to make sure he's down right here. I saw guys almost trying to do too much where uh, they were, again, as I was saying, taking what should have been a, a five- or six-yard gain, and they turned it into a 15-yard gain. Steve tweets in, uh, when it comes to lack of respect from last segment, uh, when it comes to Frost, does it date back to 97? Does it have to do with year five, why the O-line isn't Big Ten ready? Those are all questions. We'll hear a little bit from Casey Thompson coming up, a little bit more from Scott Frost. We're 20 minutes away from Coach Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt. I don't know what Chuck broke in his kitchen. If he's uh, been TV shopping today because maybe the remote flew towards said TV at his lake house. But 500 plus yards by a five. offense that ranked in the hundreds last year. Yes, and uh, one-two punch at running back. We have more emails to get into, chrisandalevarsity.com. And can dial up at 466-3776. Hail Varsity continues live from Dublin. There's nothing better than enjoying some sun with a drink and hot dog in hand, taking in America's pastime. Whether you're here for the baseball or the entertainment that comes with it, Werner Park is the place to be. The Omaha Storm Chasers have a handful of home games remaining, so get your tickets before it's too late. Give yourself something to look forward to as the summer winds down. Don't miss this opportunity to make lifelong memories with family and friends. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Plenty more tweets and emails coming in. This from Syl Bimmons. So, Schmidt, the hay was not in the barn. <laughs> it uh, was not in <laughs> no. the barn. Which was uh, what Frost said, uh, what, at the pep rally? Is that what he said? The haze in the barn? It was, was that? Thursday. It was Thursday. It was Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tweet in from Rock Westfall, our dear friend from 
Wisconsin. Sounds like Frosty and uh, Whipple are uh, things are a little frosty between the head coach and Whipple. Frosty's, yeah, no, they're getting along great, obviously. Frosty squeezed the Charmin. Ah. So there's that. Yeah. Andy emails in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Back to, to Northwestern and uh, what they were able to do. Uh, we'll get to the phone lines here in a moment, but he, Andy says uh, more of the same on offense. Plays were there but couldn't execute. Northwestern's offense could have done whatever they wanted to us in the fourth quarter. Fitz played it safe, and that's the only reason Nebraska didn't lose by double digits. Andy's a smart man. Andy probably took Northwestern in the points. <laughs> let's hey, now let's give Frost the benefit of the doubt here for a second. I didn't like the comment on its face, and I didn't like the timing of, hey, we got to get more creative offensively. Because if I were calling plays, it would have been different, Mark. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the feel. That's the insinuation. That said, he would normally, when he was calling plays, they would bust some long runs these last huh? couple They years. just wouldn't score in the red zone. No, they would not score in the red zone. You're correct. The but they did score for four in the red zone. They did find a way to get long run plays. Sure. Quite a bit. Like last year, they did usually with Adrian, it, not with the actual tail. Yeah, um, but so maybe in his defense, that's what he's talking about. It's like, look, if your if your offensive line is not capable of just pushing people back, well, then you got to get creative with misdirection. You got to get creative with maybe how you scheme some of it. Benefit of the doubt, maybe that's what he was saying. Yes, for sure. Jonathan is with us. Mitch Sherman says hi. Oh. What are you doing, Mitch? Uh, let's get to uh, Jonathan on the line. Jonathan, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? We're all right. Talk to me here. Where are you at as a Nebraska fan? Well, as a Nebraska fan, I'm not surprised. Um, obviously, I think as Nebraska fans, we are hopeful, but we're also realistic at this point. Um, and like I said, we're just not surprised. It's just kind of uh, the same mistakes, maybe a different face. But I, I will say this in all fairness, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but on, on the defensive side, I, I'm sure, you know, they, they didn't make any adjustments, obviously, but I just noticed our secondary was pressing quite a bit, and Northwestern made some pretty long clutch catches, especially in the second half. And I'm just thinking, like, why isn't Shenander adjusting? And I'm on the Shenander bandwagon like anyone else's. And it was just, it was really weird seeing the defense be that vulnerable. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I usually am, but... Uh, and no, Jonathan, two, no, here's, and if, you're, if you're Shenander, I mean, you've got a payroll now to get pass rush, right? <laughs> you do. So, yeah. Hey, and Matt can said 10 tackles on like 30 snaps. I, um, just real quick, my last thing, then I'll get off the phone. You know how people were saying, oh my God, Northwestern just upset them. They upset them. We both had similar records last year. We were both teams were in the same boat. I know according to Vegas, it was an upset, but like, I don't think it was an upset. They're both in the same boat. Um, that's my takes. Thanks guys. Jonathan, thanks for the phone call. Four six six three seven seven six. Is it definition of the upset though? Is like, if yeah, you're favored, what's, what's Vegas say? Yeah. That's the so that's Vegas. why it was up. But I know what he's saying. Like generally speaking, I think most Nebraska fans didn't walk in thinking that you're Nebraska vastly superior to Northwestern. Nebraska fans didn't walk in thinking that that Northwestern would go 1995 Nebraska on them. No, and just run the hell over them. Well, it, just just bludgeon them, physical. That, I mean, that's was, two guys that have rushed was, for a thousand yards, though. No, I know, and it was a one-two punch where they're both yeah. right. You know, one went over 100, another was right near 100. 
and it was 15 straight runs to close out. By the way, I like Anthony Grant. I like Anthony too, and he has some Anthony's good vision. Good, just yeah. get him, get him a running line. Nebraska yeah. should have attacked maybe uh, hindsight here, but they kept trying to go between the tackles. I respect it, but when you go outside, when you hit the edge, you went nuts against Northwestern last year hitting the edge, going yeah. to the outside. Maybe you try that again. Elijah, we got a caller? Yeah, we've got uh, Chris on the line hanging on, but first let's get to Russ. Russ, uh, Russ got in first, so Russ is on the line with okay. us. Russ, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Yeah, how's it going, guys? We're hanging it. We're still in Dublin, Russ. Yeah, I'd just like to put a little different perspective. You know, I'm a I'm a Husker fan, no matter what our record is. Uh, this is the first game. Uh, I don't know if you remember last year's very first game. We all thought we were going to beat Illinois, and and I, especially in that third quarter, they went up and down the field. You know, but we made adjustments. Our defense ended up being our our strong point, and I think. Overall, they got more depth, and at the end of the year, I think that could be a better defense. You know, it's fair. Frost made a bad decision there, and there's never a time when I think that would have been a good decision, unless you're you're coming from behind and you're getting smoked, and maybe try mm-hmm. that trick play. But when you're it's a desperation defense, move. It's what it is, Russ. When your offense and defense dominated the first two. I mean, the defense got a stop. They got a Turnover offense scored both times. You're up 11. There's no reason to do that you, because I think Nebraska wins a game that they just kick it deep. I mean, they were, yeah. you know, give Northwestern credit. Their offensive line, they got a couple pretty good. They played out of their mind. We didn't get no pass rush. We I thought we should have put some different packages there to blitz them. But still, Nebraska, you know, had a chance to go down and win the game. It looked like, you know, Palmer broke a couple tackles. Uh, Washington caught a ball, and then we got the tip ball. That you know, you got you get two hands on the ball. You need you need to bring it down at least. Maybe you don't catch it, but you can't tip it up in the air. But mm-hmm. I just, you know, everybody is doom and gloom, and you're taking shots at the team and the coaches. There's no call for that. I mean, this is one game. You know, let 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 the thing play out. Every year we've been going through this. The talk shows to just bash him up until the game. Well, I'm not going to do that. I think Oklahoma is his, that's his career right there. I think he needs to win that game. We got the yeah. players. We got the talent. We got the better coaches in there. You know, they got to make adjustments. Let the coaches have a chance. And, yeah, Frost, everything he says gets speculated. But I tell you, I don't know what the concept of why he said that. But the last six possessions, four punts, two turnovers. So there needs to be yeah, some not good, Russ. on the offense. He needs to take a little responsibility. But everything, you know, the guy can't do anything right now. And like he's not respected, I don't see that. You know, he, he loves Nebraska. He's trying to win. But let's let, let's get this team. Uh, they got a lot of elite athletes on offense. Let them have a chance to turn this thing around. It's only one game. It's not like we got team 50 to nothing, you know. We, you know, that, that Close was a ball game, Russ. He was right there. Thanks for chiming in, man. Appreciate you calling. They'll get their chance. Yes. He'll he'll get his chance. You're right. You you, you reel off three straight W's going into Indiana. Yeah, things will be good. But the, the, ca- the counterpoint chance. to that, yeah, Scott Frost teams have always gotten better uh, after the first game. They've gotten better as the year goes on, but it's still been four and eight, four and eight, three and five, and three and nine. This reaction is not a reaction of one game. This is a culmination of four years of reaction, all thrown into one game. 
Right. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you. Keep the emails coming. Chris at HaleVarsity.com at HVarsity Radio is where you can tweet in at Schmidt underscore radio. 15 minutes away. Charlie McBride will join us. Get Mr. Blackshirt's take on things. Uh, your thoughts on Saturday. Did it change your perspective? The loss for the rest of the year. Mark Cradak, we're still in Dublin, Ireland here, the Rusty Stag. Uncle Ted's Rusty Stag. It is beautiful. It uh, is we will get to gorgeous. your phone calls. Charlie McBride coming up still. Open phone lines all hour two for you after coach. Uh, David tweets in, didn't see a lot of defensive depth. How can we be gassed if we're supposedly so deep? They did appear gassed, but I well, think it was I think it was volume of plays. I mean, they did run 85-some plays. They ran a lot in the fourth quarter. You didn't get a lot I of think, plays run by by the new guys on the interior. You, um, just did, you, you, had, you had minimal numbers. by In terms of rotation yes, at defensive tackle. Win right. and and Drew didn't rotate in. That no, they didn't play a ton. I thought Colton Feast uh, played hard. He played 60-some snaps. Yeah, and I thought he had a number of tackles. Uh, Ty Robinson needs to have a better day. He's 70-plus snaps for yeah. him. Uh, let's yep. get to the phone. Brian with us. We'll get to Brian, and then Steve will sneak you in, too. Brian, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Uh, good show today. Just want to get your thoughts on this and your comments uh, leading into this. Uh, was what I want to ask about, you know, the the run defense. You know, I watched it again last night. You know, that that was a big concern, you know, after watching that game, among other things. And, you know, the – the recipe for beating Nebraska is already out there <clears throat> for the Big Ten, and that's run the ball, play action, uh, uh, play discipline, don't make mistakes, and you got a good shot at winning this. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, unless they figure something out with that front seven in terms of either a getting in even better shape, and I realize the volume of plays was very high, or rotating a little bit more, you know, some of our guys on the ends. Real good players, but they're on the smallest side. And you start, you get 310, 320-pound offensive tackles and linemen leaning on you all game. You start to go backwards, which we did. So I think going forward, the biggest concern for me is going to be stopping the run and uh, also getting a pass rush, but definitely stopping the run. uh, And they're going to have to get this figured out uh, or else, once we get to the meat of the schedule, Minnesota, you know, Wisconsin, Iowa, you know, Ryan, it's going to be a meat grinder, brother. It's going to be a meat grinder and it's the Bielema, Wisconsin, Minnesota special. They've, they've got to get, get it figured out. We'll get coach McBride's take on it. Thanks for your phone call today, bud. And I I think the, uh, the the best thing this defense can do is, is make some splash plays, get an offense into second and 14 with a sack. Um, Make a, a play to, take, just to get an, right? yeah to get the offense out of rhythm, and then once you get to third down and long, get off the field. If you can do those two things, Northwestern isn't going to have eighty five plays against you. No, they they had a couple of short fields. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, hey, no Ben Stilley, no Damian Daniels. No. Those guys had a lot to do with how Nebraska stopped the run. And yesterday. they were fourth, fifth, sixth year guys. Yep. Let's get yep. to Steve real quick. Steve, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Sure. Hey, you guys are uh, the paid analysts, so you know I don't. Allegedly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> quote, air quote. Uh, so I, uh, you know, don't have any uh, excuses, don't have any uh, reasons. I, it just, five years ago, you couldn't have had a more perfect pick. I know. I mean, you know. Yeah, after, seriously. 
yep. after the Bobby Knight impersonator, you know. And hey, uh, the Bobby Knight impersonator won ball games in his kids. Won nine games, yeah. And then the bookmark uh, coach we had with Riley. You know, but, <laughs> geez, when you get a presser and, and they ask the coach, has he ever thought of resigning? You know, I think that was an Irish that was, journalist. That was an Irish was journalist who yeah. said, okay. screw it, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking See, dead, up against a hard break. Thanks for the phone yeah, call, I'm brother. thinking dead man give walking. Us a, give us a shout at the other <laughs> side of it. Charlie McBride yeah. kicks off hour two at Tail Varsity. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at jobs at fsc.com. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. We are still in Dublin, Ireland. Yes. We are at the Rusty Stag, and I guess Rusty is the stag. He's still wearing his Nebraska hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pharmacist known as Jeff, the Denver fan, uh, said, are we at the Rusty Stag or are we at... Uh, the garrison from Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. He said it looks like Peaky Blinders bar. And uh, we will get to football. We have tons of emails. We'll take more of your phone calls and uh, read more of your tweets as well. Reacting to Nebraska Northwestern. Let's get Mr. Black shirt in. We say hello to the Hall of Famer Charlie McBride a Monday with Charlie. Coach, how we doing? Good. Well, I'm still alive. Let's put it that way. After that one, I I didn't know if I was gonna I was gonna make it through the game. <laughs> but it was uh, it, it was naturally it was disappointing, you know. And uh, and you know the thing that's sad is there's such a there's they they just are a better football team that. You know, we get out you talk about penalties and stuff. Would they have one or something like that, and yeah. eight for Northwestern? And you know, it just seemed like, uh, well, you know, they're making some mistakes, and we just don't seem to be. I don't know, just uh, not capitalizing on a lot of things. And I think we kind of 
blew apart there at the end with the running game. Their running game kind of, you know, slowed us down quite a bit and then kept the ball away from us. And their kicker well, won the game. Yeah, their kicker was good. <laughs> nine minutes of possession time, but Northwestern and Elijah's watched this film as well. As well. I mean, Northwestern did a great job of pulling guys and double teaming and then just punching, body punching away. That's got to drive you nuts, doesn't it, being a defensive guy where someone's just running the down your throat? <laughs> well, a couple of times what we got caught, they got uh, – I don't know. I don't know the defense exactly, and uh, but usually you have gap responsibilities. And I, a couple of times they had end zone shots, and you could see the linebacker running up – in the line, but he was running right into the back end of the defensive lineman, and they opened the gap, so somebody was not in the proper gap, and mm-hmm. you know what I would assume in some of it, and you know it's just one of those things that you know that you you've got to really be disciplined at, and uh, you know, and and I like I said, I don't know the scheme that they they're using so exactly, so I can't you know get into specifics. Coach Charlie McBride is with us. When, when you look at uh, the defense coming into this year, though, did you maybe expect a little bit of a learning curve just considering the level of experience, all those five- and six-year guys that played a lot last year that, that aren't right. on the field this year? Well, you know, you still, even even up front, you got a few guys playing a little different positions, too. You know, you've um, moved some guys around a little bit, and they're playing in a different, you know, alignments and things like that. And that always is a factor. I think both teams had the, uh, uh, you know, played against teams they didn't know for sure what they were doing at the beginning, you know, of the game. You know, and then that, that's hard. When you go into a game and you can't really be coached up to, to what you're really going to see, um, you know, it, it does affect both of you. I mean, both teams had the same problem. They didn't know exactly what Nebraska was going to do with a new coordinator and vice versa. With defensively, they have a coordinator that's only in his second year, That, but, but they had to make some changes. And, you know, a new quarterback and the whole deal. So, um, you know, I think it was all, when it all came out, it was even that way, you know. And, and uh, but it was just, uh, you know, it just seemed like at the end, we just kind of imploded. A lot of comments uh, from fans alike saying that, you know, they, they're a little worried about conditioning, a lot of hands on hips for the Nebraska defense. Do you chalk that up to the weird road <laughs> trip, it being a week one, that Northwestern uh-huh. ran so many plays? Did you notice? The same thing? They seem to be sucking a little more wind than you would hope? Well, I, you know, in some ways, I, it, it wasn't a big thing that I was really, you know, noticing that much on, on television. But, you know, I think a lot of times people pay more attention to that than I do. I I think one of the things is, is when you're not there, uh, you know, at practice every day and you don't know what they're doing there, there's a, there was a routine that you know uh, you know they they probably follow, and I don't know what that is exactly, but a lot of times that you know that that comes from up on top. Uh, you know the head coach has to you know get uh, I you know I assume 
they do some running. I guess after practice, I don't know when we didn't do some running, and and then after that stretch and so forth, and you know, do some of that. But um, that doesn't mean they're supposed to do it. You know, they still don't have the. I don't know that the things that with the time or the, the amount of time to get ready to play a game that we had. I don't know. Two a days was uh, pretty important to us and. Sure. You know, because we spent the morning doing one, that, you know, rather it was running most of the time. We spent the afternoon working pass, and here you're even skipping days and stuff like that. And, and that hurts your conditioning quite a bit. Yeah, and, and Coach, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure conditioning is the right way I'd put it, but it, it would definitely look like a, a defensive front that was worn down going up against an offensive line that wanted it more and uh part of that was the fact that that northwestern could run with ease throughout the game and i think part of that reasoning but with why northwestern could run with mm-hmm. ease at times was was tackling from the husker defense just didn't look great did, did that stand off uh the screen to you the fact that the huskers just just weren't tackling as well as we've become accustomed to over the past 12 months well you know they <laughs> The one thing is, is when you have a bunch of new guys in the secondary and so forth, I again, I can, I, I can't speak for their, their tackling practices and what they're doing and um, you know so forth. But in most cases, you know these these young guys that they're playing their first varsity game in the secondary really some of them are you know were backup players last year, of course. And, and didn't have the opportunity to, to really see a game speed thing. You know, scrimmage is one thing, but playing against another team is completely different because you don't know the speed of, the, of their receivers, their backs, so on and so forth. So it's a whole new can of worms for them. And, um, but it, uh, when, you, when you get down to the conditioning part of it, if you're not able to, if you're not in good shape, you can't focus good. Uh, you know that's that's a that's a real problem, and you kind of lose your train of of thought doing a lot of things, especially in angles of pursuit. You're cheating a little bit on that. So, so it's 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 a it's a number of things that that they'll they'll the coaches will be able to you know zero in on them. I I think one of the things is. You know, and you know, it looked a little bit to me like maybe you know, uh, athletically they were a little better in their upfront people. Um, you know, uh, they were they weren't as big, and but they were quicker. They were quick, and there were some some people that you know on on our side, you know that. You know, TV makes you look different, <laughs> but, but you know. <laughs> I think a lot of guys are we're, we know. We're playing, we're, we're playing with we're playing with some big guys that probably still could lose quite a bit of weight because it makes a difference in their quickness, their footwork, and their balance and everything. And so that and that takes a summer workout. That takes a lot of work on your own too. So that I don't know how that went. You know, it sounds to me like Northwestern kept talking about what a great summer program they had. And they thought that was the difference. I mean, some of the young uh, kids that played after the game on television that they heard, they felt they kept talking about how good their summer workouts and program was. A few minutes here, Charlie McBride's with us. A Monday with Charlie at Tail Varsity Radio. 
Coach, your reaction to the onside kick? It's the play talked around college football. It's the play talked around. We're still over here in Ireland, and and football fans and new football fans can't believe what happened. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people that can't believe what happened. That, it, at that time, I don't I don't know that it was the best thing to do. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not in that category. I think in your first game, you really want to cover some of the things. I know you want to be aggressive, like that, and uh, maybe that wasn't the right time. And and I think he admitted it. Uh, you know that it was not a good good decision to make. And um, you know, you're just gonna have to eat it. You know, it's <laughs> it's done. It's done. And. Uh, you know, you, there's nothing you can do about it except you can complain about it. It isn't going to do anybody any good to do that except make things worse. What do you think of Nebraska's offense? Did you like some things that Whipple did, well, Coach? Uh, and, yeah, I'll uh, tell you what. Do you think, do you think you know, Nebraska can get more physical? Well, they can get more physical. I, I can promise you that. And, and the other thing, too, is, is I – I saw one other quarterback in the game, and he ran an option for nine yards and never saw another option. And they didn't know what they were doing when that thing went off. I mean, they were all messed up. When he ran an option, they were (laughs) – they didn't – they were – I could see that they were – their whole scheme was improper, in other words. And I don't know how it would have continued, but – uh, I guess if we have this quarterback that you know is going to be just a passer and not a runner, uh, I think you know you can see how many yards we gained uh, with our previous quarterbacks. You know, in the past, um, with how many yards they got during during a game, and the quarterbacks can open up the whole running game as well as running the football as well as passing it. And, if they can run, that's a bigger problem. If they don't run, and you got them locked down, then you know where to find them, and you can really adjust your your pressure. You know, as as a defensive coordinator, if you're facing a team that their offensive line isn't able to push you around physically, it, mm-hmm. as, as a defensive coordinator. Uh, what do you, I guess, fear the most from a team that still wants to run the ball? Like, how do they still attack you in the run game if they don't outman you physically? Well, you know, the whole thing is, is that our whole defense was built, uh, and most of them are built about stopping the run first. And I know some people throw the ball so many times that the people laugh at you. They did me, you know, in the Florida game when I said that. Uh, but if you do stop the run, all the defensive people know that that they're going to throw the ball, and you can, as a defensive lineman, can really line up. You can take a better advantage of your pressure packages. And um, you know, at times we were we we had just a simple go call where we were able to take us our gap of responsibility, and you know, get get in that gap and and really get off the ball and not have to, you know, go face-to-face. I notice a lot of guys are squared up on the offensive linemen. And that 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 should never happen. I mean, and, it, it, again, it's a hard thing to do with one guy coaching the whole offense, uh, defensive line. You've got two different – you've got two different end, the venues there. you got the defensive yeah. ends that 
have to learn the blocking schemes from the guards and the full back or the backs blocking or whatever the case is. And you can tell what the play is, but they don't have, doesn't seem like they're having time with one person because one group's going to be standing around. And, uh, just doesn't seem like that's the right way to go, but that's me. (laughs) That's just the way I'm old fashioned. Well, Charlie, briefly, can you hit on on the lack of Nebraska's pass rush on Saturday? That seemed to be a big factor to me in the game that, uh, well, oh, North, oh. Nebraska couldn't stop the run and they couldn't get after the passer. It felt like Northwestern could do what they wanted offensively to the tune of 528 yards. Would you have done anything differently to, to get after the passer a little bit more? Oh, I, I, I'm a pressure guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way. And One of the big things is this. If you... If you we we fooled our linebackers in our secondary, we disguised our secondary a lot. We fooled our linebackers. If you put an, a linebacker up on the line of scrimmage, okay, that changes your whole pass blocking scheme. And then you drop the guy out of there, okay, that that makes it a little softer in there because he's you know he's not at the first he's picking I got you I got oh no I don't have you you know I got to help down here. And uh, so there's there's little things that you can do that for, could cause the quarterback some problems because he may even change his play because he sees like this is pressure coming from this side we're running there I got to change it even if it's changed to the opposite and sometimes you do run a, a, a blitz one of the things that really in our we ran a four three we ran pretty much a true four three we adjusted different in the secondary and. Um, you know our strong safety uh, did a lot more adjusting than than they. I think they do. They play a lot more zone, uh, you know, and that's that's a tough deal uh, sometimes for, for guys in their first year of playing when you're playing against a, you know a team that at this time I don't think they thought the quarterback. Myself, I didn't think they're going to have the quarterback was going to be as good as he was. Coach, we'll uh, we'll have something to talk about, maybe a little bit better next week. How's that sound? Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll get better. I mean, you know, there there it's going to happen. I mean, it's it it is. I think the players are, you know, this is too much for them, and they're they're going to start to really focus and do things probably even better than they've been doing. Coach, appreciate your time. You take care, okay? Okay. Have fun. Okay. <laughs> don't give don't give Thanks, up. Coach. <laughs> okay. Talk to you next week. Bye now. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10. off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
to Charlie McBride. One last night in Dublin, Ireland, here at the Rusty Stag. Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. Phone lines are open for you. What a joy, and we'll get to your calls, we'll get to your emails, we'll get to your tweets in. Todd emailing in, just to be clear, I'm not the Todd that's been to Ireland. Don't want to take any credit from someone that's <laughs> been there for military purposes. I'm a sexy garbage man <laughs> from Council Bluffs originally uh, from Red Oak, Iowa. Only been to CB two years. So, Todd, I got my Todd's confused. Forgive me there. Uh, uh, let's go to the phones. And you Was can, he in the calendar? The garbage man I calendar? I don't know. I didn't know I had an option to buy one of yeah, those. When I was picking out calendars in college, <laughs> it wasn't garbage man <laughs> no. or fireman or police officer. That's no, fine. No. But, I mean... <laughs> so oh, save God. yourself here. <laughs> uh, no, nothing. No, no. From a calendar standpoint. Yeah, Pete, welcome in. Uh, welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. How are you doing today? We're uh, we're surviving, man. We've had a great day in Ireland. Well, I'm going to give you my spiel. <laughs> you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. Since Scott Frost got hired, everything he has said he was going to do, he's done the opposite. We were going to be a big physical team, a running team, and all this crap. Haven't seen it. <laughs> I really think... Saturday, it looked to me like if we put on different jerseys, we'd look like the U.S. UCF team. And mm-hmm. the UCF team didn't have much for defense, but they had a passing offense and they had a good quarterback and they moved the ball that way. The problem is the UCF wasn't playing a physical Big Ten team. They could manhandle them physically. The call for the fake um, kickoff. The onside was ridiculous. And yeah, I don't understand I don't understand why our quarterback why do we run a zone read when the quarterback never runs the ball? Charlie McBride is hundred percent right. When that quarterback runs, it changes the whole defense. And even mm-hmm. if you do it three or four times, it changes. It makes your defensive plan change. And why can't we ever play any man to man defense? and bring more people up on the line to rush the passer. I don't get it. I don't understand it. The good news is either gets the crap together and has a decent season or we'll be looking at somebody else. And I've been a Husker supporter since 1972, and I've listened to the games, and I've just had it. I'm done. Pete, appreciate you tuning in, man. Thanks for venting. And that's it. We're getting on the elevator to go down to the press conference, and you've got some old money Husker fans that, you know, I mean, we're talking there's physical ailments that they're dealing with now. Right. At their age. Yeah. Okay? They make a big effort. They make a giant a effort to, to spend thousands to go across the pond. Yep. Do it upright. It's going to be different this year, Mark. Mm-hmm. Right. And then mm-hmm. it is unloaded. It's empty the clip on old Frosty on the way down the elevator before it got stuck. Dude, it's weird to say out loud. And a lot of people know this, but 10 and 30. You know, like, just really think about that. 10 and 30. So one out of every four games is is what he wins. Well, and and it's, it's always in gut punch, punching fashion. It's it's, it's gut co- punching. It's coaching decisions. And then it's also where are you at? I, I'm I think five years is a long enough window to get some development, yes. get some depth. 
put in what you want to put in. You've made changes. You're, you're on your third offensive coordinator. Yep. And you got to have a, a kumbaya moment because I think Whipple can do some things and you can still have quarterback run. And and I, I didn't hate that Smothers got in, but I didn't like when Smothers came in after an interception for Thompson. You're going from bad to worse to mess with your quarterback's head. I didn't like the timing of it. I don't dis, I don't have any problem with Smothers playing, but I mean, then, then, then rock with him. Let him run some option. It, I found it odd that he just came in for one single play presumably to see how Northwestern would respond to that to kind it. of play. And then he just, yeah, he just doesn't come back in at all. That's, mm. that's kind of inexplicable. Yeah, popped. Well, the, 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 popped. the, 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 I was fielding a phone call, but you guys talking smothers here, correct? Correct. One of the most inexplicable play calls I've ever seen, uh, simply for the fact it's one thing if you were to do that and then bring it back somewhere later in the game, but it was the first right. play of the drive so maybe you're, mm-hmm. are you trying to get Northwestern out there with different personnel out there? I don't know what you're doing there. And then you get seven or eight yards plus a, a 15-yard face mask. You never go back to it. Everything about that call was, I mean, there were some weird things that happened from Casey Thompson trying to just run away from a defender and his foot didn't make contact with the ground and he fell over. That was inexplicable weird. Never seen that in a football field before. And then Logan Smothers coming in for one play, having a successful play, and then never even seeing the field again in the game. Just a lot of weird, weird, weird dis- things. Disorganization. Disorganization. Yeah. Disorganization. Well, and, and look. Do you, do you think Frost ended up, we don't know this, you'll answer tomorrow, Elijah, we're flying back tomorrow, but you'll have plenty of Frost press conference tomorrow. Do you think Frost took over play calling? I at some point in the second half? I doubt he took, I don't know. There, I there doubt was, he took over play calling. I can confirm that we did see at one point on the TV broadcast Scott Frost standing with what appeared to be a play calling sheet in his hand. Now, I'm not sure if he was talking to anybody about that play calling sheet, whether he was just looking at the plays as they were coming in or what. Is he checking Whipple's work? There's some discord. There's some discord there, obviously. I mean, look, in the the postgame show, he's saying, ah, it's tough for me not being able to call the plays. And then he's saying, yeah, he didn't call him by name, but he's saying, you know, we could cooperate better. Like, what is that? If, If Scott is totally cool and his hands are free and clear of offensive play calling duties, he doesn't say anything like either of those statements. He's not going to sit here and talk about wanting to cooperate better. He's not going to talk about how it's tough on him. To, it's, right? It's, like, dude, it's, if big, he's it's comfortable bigger than with you. It. It's bigger than you. You're the head coach. Yeah. You're in charge to bring things back to So he's not comfortable. Success. He's not no. comfortable. So, so there's one of two ways. Either yeah. get comfortable with it. Right. Or continue to meddle yeah. with, with a play sheet or with what you want to do on offense. And if it works, fine. Mm-hmm. But the onside kick is the perfect example. You yeah. you needed credit. You needed to, to put your mark on things. Maybe. And, and you, yeah. you detonated and blew your leg off. <laughs> it's Versus looking like the yeah. suave, uh, style point, sexy coach. If, well, well, if, let's hear that comment. Go ahead. Well, there was a, something Sam McEwen wrote in his, his uh, article over the weekend that was, by doing that in the middle of the third quarter, Scott Frost was telling anybody that he did not think 28 points was going to be enough to win a Big Ten football game. And then he comes out in the post game and says, well, whenever you give up 31 points, it's hard to go win a game. And you're pretty dang close to that 31 n- number whenever you're at 28. So which one is there? Are you unconfident enough in your defense that you think you're going to have to put up 35, 40 points in this game to win? Or or, 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 or do you think that 31 is enough in the Big Ten? field's a big problem. You know, look, look, give, give him a short field is a huge problem. Look, if you have an offensive coordinator that you have put in place to call the plays 
and you're comfortable with it, you would not in any way say, God, this is tough and I miss it. You'd be like so happy that Whipple's here. He's doing a great job. We'll support him 100%. Together. Right? We could cooperate better. Like, dude, you're the head coach. Like, that's leadership right there. That's leadership. <laughs> right? Like, and, and if that's if you're not cooperating well with somebody you hired, I, I don't know. Man. I'll play the comment. I'll play the comment here in a second. <laughs> but that comment alone, calling out, to me, I read it as calling out your offensive coordinator, both with that comment and with the we need more creativity when you're in the Big Ten. Both those are after one game with your offensive coordinator. That's more concerning to me than, than the onside kick call. The onside kick call yeah, is, is, not, is, I think, a result of what has happened over the past two years here at Nebraska, where you go, you know what, we need something to pop right in our way. Let's try this out. Stupid. Stupid. But I don't necessarily blame the guy for wanting to get all the momentum on his side. But whenever he goes out and says that in the post game, that's a much, much bigger concern to me because that shows there's something deeper, more structurally wrong within this program. It's the offensive and defensive lines that will continue if they don't get fixed, get better, and they still have time to improve. But that'll be his undoing. It's not going to be, I mean, the, what you're going to be remembered for, right, is is the onside kick. It's the equivalent of getting hammered at the Christmas party, <laughs> right? Yeah. You heard similar. You'll, you'll never forget that moment, but there's there's other other things leading up. You heard similar strife last year with Greg Austin. There would be little jabs that they would take at, take at each other in, in uh, post game and in different press conference settings. Um, yeah, that's leadership ultimately. Getting people to on the same page, rowing in the same direction. Mm. They're clearly not right now. Dude, you're the boss. Yep. What you say goes, but it's yep. almost like with that play call, he had to announce to his his other assistants that I'm still in charge here. Mm-hmm. I'm the boss. And it's it's a bit of selfish hero ball. Mm. It it really screwed things up. Let's hear the what we we've we've touched on here, but let's hear specifically from frost here with, uh, with, um, the, the creativity part. We'll start with the creativity comment and, um, and then we'll get to the, the point total. You know, we certainly, we certainly didn't dominate. And, um, again, I give their staff a lot of credit too. There were some scheme things that they hit us on, on offense. Um, I think we're going to have to learn as an offensive staff that uh, you got to be a little creative in this league. Um, so we we have some things that we can work on. That we did a lot of good things, but it's got to be more of a um, a complete game. And uh, more from Scott Frost. We just didn't create any of those big plays when we needed to down the stretch. But uh, we you know we can't put ourselves in that situation. You know. Um, I'll take seven of it for making the onside kick decision. You don't win a lot of games in the Big Ten giving up 31. So we have some things to answer on on defense. If you can score 31, you usually win games, and we didn't on offense. So we have some things to look at there as well. They've never scored 31. Like uh, on a handful of times they've scored above yeah. 28 in Big Ten play. Kent emails in, and he's a thousand percent right. You don't have to be creative in the Big Ten. You got to run the football and stop the run. <laughs> Creativity helps, right? To be able to run the ball, like he was mentioning, sure, doing, yeah, doing some good. Maybe you're pulling a guard in a different way that you don't on a certain look out of a certain formation. Mm-hmm. So, and from that perspective, yes, you always have to be somewhat creative. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but, but I mean, but again, look that's at, not that's not what everybody's leaving the game just being like that lack of creativity stumps the Huskers again. Yeah, he's like, Northwestern. The that's not the culprit. Fifteen plays in yeah. a row, run up the gut. It was a it was the la- it was a lack of physicality that that screwed over the Huskers on Saturday. The, the coaching decisions didn't help whatsoever. But I think if you were a more physical team than Northwestern, you could have gotten that job done in spite of the poor coaching decisions. But they couldn't get it done up front. That that was that was the story of the game for me. More emails coming up from you. More tweets coming in. More phone calls. Twenty minutes as Hale Varsity from Ireland rolls forward with Mark Rainak, Chris Schmidt, and Elijah Herbal. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back here at the Rusty Stag, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, still in Dublin, Ireland. A just glorious road trip today to the West Coast. It was nice, Clifton, Clifton, yeah, uh, the Wild Atlantic Way. To yeah. Tell me, what's that? Mountains. What's that? What's that timetable like? Dublin to the, to the West Coast. How, how long a drive is that? Because everything's so much closer to Europe. Fourteen hour day. I mean, it'd be in no traffic, two and a half hours. Okay. In traffic, three to three, 15. Isn't that kind of crazy to think about that you can go from the far east to the far west of a country and as long as it takes from Lincoln to to North Platte? Like, that's ridiculous to think about. We can give Cranach a snorkel and see if he can make it to France. (laughs) It's possible. It's possible. Might need some floaties. (laughs) Help me out. Uh, emails in uh, tweet tweets in at Schmidt underscore radio at H varsity <laughs> radio rock Westfall again from way downtown bang upon taking office frost vowed to end the life of Riley he tore into the lack of workouts and conditioning where the bleep is the Boyd S Epley East German lineman <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, everyone's gassed. That's a fail. East German lineman, huh? Mm-hmm. The East German swim team. Females. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, didn't Willie just get popped <laughs> this year? Well, well, yeah. Is that what he was that talking was about? Ch- Where's he from? He's from Germany. <laughs> okay. That was an over the counter. So thing. we were trying. No, 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 <laughs> we no, tried. no. We tried. <laughs> we tried no, East Germany. No, no, there's no we. No, no. Not no. we. No, I, I, I'm an alum. I can say we. Okay. Uh, Northern yeah. Manhattan Husker. Make that Husker in Manhattan. Let me read correctly. Tweets in. I think our conversations in June, if we rewind about the defense and how the offense would perform a ride, they just need a little bit more time together. So there's huh. uh, some patience being preached by. Uh, Husker in Manhattan. I don't well, know. We got about thirty-two apple days. Or Little Apple. Yeah. Uh, email from James from Phoenix. Back at it. Loving uh, Hail Varsity Radio. Now that it's football season, James, we're good year-round. Trust me on yeah, that. Yeah. What about baseball season? I'll jump right in. I was really thinking this would be the year, the big turnaround. <laughs> then an ill-determined onside kick at a crucial time happened. It was the moment that I stopped being sympathetic to Frost. It proved to me all along that he's been the problem all along. Mm. 
Also, in game one last year, our defense lost its muster in the second quarter. Lost that killer instinct. Well, uh, and this SF, is something I've hit a couple times. I should have trusted my gut with this one last week. Scott Frost's teams always flop in week one, at least since he's been at Nebraska. They put in bad performances week one. They get better as the season goes on. And I think that's definitely something we should expect this season. There were positives to be taken away from that game despite the loss. Things will get better, but despite things getting better, it's what I said earlier, that the results still haven't been there. It's still been four and eight. Four and eight, three and five, and three and nine. I know there's more to this email, but th- there is reason for optimism going forward. But nothing Scott Frost has shown us in his four, first four years shows that the, 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 the kind he, of turnaround is going to be what Husker fans expect. Can he manage? Can he? Can he? Can he be hands on when he needs to be hands on, and help the players and, and assistants and get out of the way if things are okay? I mean that mm-hmm. that's the, the question because he showed he put his beak in and with the onside kick. And I know he's the head coach. It's his, it's his His prerogative. Yeah. It's his prerogative, but be right. I guess is my point. Mm -hmm. If things are going well, Nebraska has been body punched to death by, but everybody that's, that's the blueprint. It was pig farmer in Illinois. It's been Wisconsin. It's been Minnesota. It's been Iowa. It's been now Northwestern last thought on the email from James uh, Frost took responsibility for the onside. He wanted to put the game away. How about keep doing what works? I will not watch games until the Oklahoma game. I firmly <laughs> believe Scott Frost's time has come. I can't be sympathetic anymore. Well, James, thanks for listening. Hmm. Thanks for your email. Well, so I, he's I, not I, watching North Dakota or Georgia Southern. He's just sitting those ones out. Okay. Well, I, I, I Oklahoma's think there, huge. There is something to that onside kick being to me from what I saw from that, it was a coach who, who did not trust his team. It was a coach who said, I'm going to make a decision to, to kickstart my team even more and give them that final push they need to get over the line in this football game. That's what I saw. It was a coach that saw the results from last season and saw what happened to his team at the end of close games last year and said, I don't want to be in a close game here at the end of this. I, I want to make that, my... That's my... such a bad, bad... Uh, if that's the outlook, oh. Elijah, that's awful because his defense such saved low... his ass last year a lot. It's mm-hmm. such a low percentage play. Yeah. Right, I mean, how many onsides actually get recovered by the onsiding team? What is it like? Minimal, like two percent, eight, eight, eight a year, maybe. I mean, it's just it's such a it's such a high and, risk. And I don't think play. that they would do that unless there was something that they saw in the first half film from halftime saying, "Yeah, look at this guy here, back to back kickoffs. He just turned and ran, didn't even look to see the ball." Um, Those kids were all over it. There's got to be something they saw, but ready. but they did their job. The player they targeted on that onside kick was a team captain. Third string running back, but the team captain of your special teams. Do you think you're going to catch that guy slipping? Honestly, the team captain, the guy who has voted that way because he does everything the right way. Maybe maybe they saw something there, but it wasn't the time to pull it out, and it wasn't the guy to target to try to do that against. And It was bad, but that was not the game to me. That was not – there was other issues that that can be fixed uh, all across the board. It wasn't the game to me. It was just a, a perfect representation of Scott Frost's tenure at Nebraska. Like, the sport's hard enough. Don't it, make it harder than, than it, it was. It was the game to me because it yeah. gave them the football at 44 yard line where they can pound away. And I know they scored on a pass, but it, it gave them a, a short field. Yeah. And then they got the football back because momentum was completely sucked out of your team. And you'd been going three and out anyway. Yeah. Well, you, you'd scored, but you started a run of, two-minute possessions and three-and-outs to continue to put your 
defense on the field. 466-377-6800-825-5865. More emails to get to. This one's from Mark. He sends in an email. I've supported Frost for the past four years, but there's no reason to continue. Mm. He wears his anger on his sleeve. He threw his offensive coordinator under the bus. After one game, Frost hasn't had success with his offense. The problem isn't the way the game was called. It's with fundamentals of football. Frost has an ego that stops any progress. Mm. I think that's an ego call, brother. It is to go onside there. You know, I, I maintain that. I mean, as a head coach, he's got, what, six years under his belt? Mm-hmm. And just one year above 500. Yeah. Well, Now, that was an undefeated year. Well, <laughs> like, it was a really good, Kent, really good winning record year, but seriously. Kent pointed out the inheritance there in an email, chris at alevarsity.com. Go back and look at Central Florida with O'Leary. O'Leary, no one could stand him. Yeah. Like, he was old, crusty, and grumpy. Yeah. But he won, and he recruited well. Uh, 27, make that 47 and 24 in six years before he went winless. Now, Frost, to his credit, added Milton. Yeah. And after the winless year. They went uh, undefeated. They went went six and seven, and then they went undefeated. Right. Exactly. He's only had one year above 500. But but you, you still had Cotton Bowl players that you came in with that went six and seven yeah right it's so one year above 500 we'll wind down the final show from dublin ireland here at the rusty stag chris schmidt mark Rainack, hail varsity rolls forward on a monday miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time from the Rusty Stag here in Dublin, Ireland, Chris Schmidt. Mark Cranach, we get to return home tomorrow, sort of, kind of, and Wednesday is when we Make our way back. So more road shows this week. Friday, we are at the Single Barrel, four to six. Want to see you at the Single Barrel. Get a big old steak. Down in the hay market. Yep, right inside the Graduate. And uh, be there four to six on Friday. And then we're scheduled to have a a Friday, make that Saturday, tailgate. Hmm. Our tailgate with, with, you heard, Gary and, and Nate. Yeah. Gary Michaels. Yeah. We did the uh, the tailgate with Novotny last year. Yeah. At uh from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Gonna kick off the uh, the season opener with nice. Novot at his tailgate spot ahead of North Dakota. This game's gonna come quickly. And I, I gotta head down to uh <laughs> to Gary Michaels at here at some point in the next couple of weeks. I got I got a someone scheduled a fall wedding on a Saturday, Friday night technically into Saturday, but luckily it was a Husker bye week, so I'm thankful for that. But I, I'm not sure my suit pants fit anymore. Um, after the the, the the year I've had, like I, I, it's tight. It's a tight fit. So I'm gonna have to go stop <laughs> to down there to, to, to Gary Michaels. Maybe get something refit, or maybe just get myself a whole new suit. So I, I might be seeing well, him uh, sooner than Saturday. Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Nate will take care. Yeah, they took care of the team. Um, so that'll that'll happen. So we, I, I will help you with the pants, Elijah. Thank you. If you help me with the generator, I can do that. Easy. Is that a win? Easy. All right. All right. Done. There you go. So 
Navat, we love you. We'll see you Saturday. I need a cold beer. This has been good here. The rusty stag. What what are we what are we drinking? What are we sipping on here? Uh, it's a Glenfiddich fire and something. Yeah, fire and cane. I'm growing it's more kind of a, and more chest hair as we speak. It's like a smoky peaty concoction. Mm-hmm. It is all right. Yeah, you got to you got to know the got to dull the the senses a little bit here. Well, no, it's, it's helpful. So yeah, we we can put. Oh, damn, we can put to bed that freak show of a game Saturday. Yeah, it, right. And just look ahead. Look out North Dakota. Dakota. Here it comes. Then there's Georgia State or Georgia Southern or whatever they are. <laughs> Georgia Southern. <laughs> and then it's Oklahoma. Then it's and OU, that should baby. go well. Yeah, that'll be all right. If it, What if it does? What, well, if, it, what if Nebraska is three, is three and one after Oklahoma? They need to be. Yeah, then it's they, good. They, they need to be. They need to be three and one in September. Then you beat Indiana four and one. Uh-huh. What frost buyout goes down that day? Yes, I think you keep them at that point. Well, this is what I was going to say. If you lose, lo- embarrassing that that's the bigger key. with already one embarrassing loss out of the way this season. If Northwestern or excuse me, Oklahoma is anything embarrassing, you could win against Indiana and still lose your job if you're Scott Frost. Three and two is nothing guaranteed if you have two embarrassing losses already on the season. So that that Oklahoma game is paramount, not not only for this season but for Scott Frost's job because I mean. I could see a, a realistic scenario where Nebraska wins against Indiana on Saturday and Scott Frost is still out of a job if he is 3-2 and two at that point because the schedule still doesn't set up well for you to make a bowl at that point. Are you going to, between now and decision time, do enough to stay out of the way and to be hands-on? Can you balance that? Can you do what you're supposed to do as a CEO? You, can you get the entire program rowing in the same direction? Uh-huh. That's that your means, job. That means you communicating. That's your job. Elijah, there'll be plenty for you and Connor to knock out tomorrow as we are making our way back Thursday with Hale Varsity, at least me. And uh, we'll get you handled tomorrow with Nebraska and uh, Scott Frost's thoughts on things. Get to bed, guys. So be sure to tune in. All right, guys, take care. We'll uh, be back stateside shortly. A Huda Media Production.